going back to Proverbs 22, and we might have skipped that. Proverbs chapter 22. And someone please read the chapter in uh, the New King James Version. You can read slowly and loudly and clearly. New King James Version, Proverbs 22, and then after that, as someone else read it in the New Living Translation. Proverbs 22 in NKJV Version. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow, and the rod of his anger will fail. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Cast out the scoffer, and contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. He who loves purity of heart and has grace on his lips, the king will be his friend. The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, but he overthrows the words of the faithless. The lazy man says, There is a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. The mouth of an immoral woman is a deep pit. He who is abhorred by the Lord will fall there. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. He who oppresses the poor to increase his riches and he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them all be fixed upon your lips, so that your trust may be in the Lord. I have instructed you today, even you. Have I not written to you excellent things of counsel and knowledge, that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth, that you may answer words of truth to those who send to you? Do not rob the poor because he is poor, nor oppress the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and plunder the soul of those who plunder them. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go, lest you learn his ways, 
and set a snare for your soul. Do not be one of those who shakes hands in a pledge, one of those who is surety for debt. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should he take away your bed from under you? Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I hope that we're all listening to the word of God being read. And now we're going to hear it in the New Living Translation. Let it be reinforced before we hear the exposition on it. I'd like two people to read. New Living Translation, Proverbs 22. Someone please read 1 through 14. And then the next person can read 15 through 29. Proverbs 22, in the New Living Translation. Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. The rich and poor have this in common. The Lord made them both. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precaution. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Corrupt people walk a thorny, treacherous road. Whoever values life will avoid it. Direct the children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Just as the rich ruler, just as the rich ruled the poor, so the borrower is servant to the leader, lender. Sorry. Those who plant in just will harvest disaster, and their reign of terror will come to an end. Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. Throw out the mocker in fighting those too. Quarrels and insults will disappear. Whoever loves a pure heart and gracious speech will have the king as their friend. The Lord preserves those with knowledge, but he ruins the plans of the treacherous. The lazy person claims there's a lion out there. If I go outside, I might get killed. The mouth of an immoral woman is a dangerous trap. Those who make the Lord angry will fall into it. NLT version, Proverbs 22, verse 15 onwards. A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness. But physical discipline will drive it far away. A person who gets ahead by oppressing the poor or by showering gifts on the rich will end in poverty. Listen to the words of the wise. Apply your heart to my instruction. For it is good to keep these things in your heart and always ready on your lips. 
I'm teaching you today. Yes, you. So you will trust in the Lord. I have written 30 sayings for you, filled with advice and knowledge. In this way, you may know the truth and take an accurate report to those who sent you. Don't rob the poor just because you can or exploit the needy in court. For the Lord is that defender. He will ruin anyone who ruins them. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Don't agree to guarantee another person's death or put up your security for someone else. If you can't pay it, even your bed will be snatched from under you. Don't cheat your neighbor by moving the ancient boundary markers set up by previous generations. Don't you see any truly competent workers? They will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Wisdom from God to bless every person's lives. How important to have youngsters, children, to learn this wisdom from the beginning. What is the wisdom of the world? The wisdom of the world is get what you can, all you can, no matter how you get it, and no matter who gets hurt in the process, as long as you get what you need and you are happy. This is why even on TV, you have so many court shows where people are suing each other and divorcing each other and doing all kinds of things because it's all about them. This is the wisdom of the world. What parents teach their children if not by direct instruction, then by the more permanent impression of example, is that you ought to look out for number one. Isn't that what the world teaches? You have to make yourself happy. There is no standard other than your standard. And if anyone else brings his or her standard to block or devalue, impede your standard and your pursuit, you do what you have to do to make them get out of the way so that you can be happy. Very dangerous and selfish, evil way of living. And you know where we find this kind of thinking? Every strata of society, whether it's a blue-collar worker, white-collar worker, whatever collar or no collar, self-made billionaires, doctors and lawyers and engineers and teachers, apart from the Lord, even those people who don't overtly oppress other people, still there's a self-centered nature that is alive and well inside. 
when someone gets in the way, most people say, if they get hurt or they lose when I gain, it's too bad for them. How many of us have heard that? From parents, from adults, from, adults, from children. Oh, you lost? You fell? You got beat up? Too bad. I can't be bothered with that because it's my fingernails, my hair, and uh, shopping at Sam's Club for what I need, the things I need to do. As believers, we think that's very sickening and it's foreign to the nature of Christ, but we were once there, various degrees, self-centered. The world talks about oppression when it becomes too much. God talks about it when it's just a seedling in the heart because it's dangerous and it's there. As believers, we're called to think about the poor, not to oppress people, not to become surety or get into debt unnecessarily, things that will tangle people up. Even innocent people, and innocent in the sense of naive, simpleton, seeing that there is danger but going along with the program because of pressure. There are those parents who don't know the Lord, but they teach their children, listen, my son, my daughter, you have to stand up for what you believe. And it can be a good thing when the belief is correct. There are parents who say, you don't go with the crowd. Dare to be different. It's okay. You're unique. All well and good. But if that uniqueness turns out to be a Hitler, some monster and some perversion, then that uniqueness will take them into the common cesspool of a fiery hell. But God gives us the truth to consider diligently our ways. Yesterday we saw, consider diligently what is set before you if you are invited by a ruler to sit at his feast. Put a knife to your throat if you be a person given to appetite because that's deceitful food. You may be bought or swindled Make sure you don't compromise the truth. Who can give such wisdom but God? And how valuable it is, invaluable I should say, indispensable for us to navigate life without heartache and sorrow. We heard in the Proverbs, said emphatically that today I'm teaching you, I'm telling you, even you today, speaks to the heart of anyone who listens to God. Because it's God speaking through the writer. He's saying, I'm talking to you. Look, look at me. Look at me in the eyes. I'm giving this for you. This is for you. Don't lose it. What is that? Wisdom. To conduct my life in a God-pleasing way and a prosperous way without unnecessary heartache. It's written that thorns and snares a hard way will come to the perverse person 
and to the lazy person. These are unnecessary troubles and unnecessary evils. Not the common things that should happen to human beings who are good by virtue of being human in this life, having adversity that is common to all human beings. But these are evils that were unnecessary, thorns and snares, temptations that were brought on because the person did not have the wisdom of God. And the warning is there that you can choose to elect and opt out of unnecessary trouble that has come to other people that you have seen and even to yourself when you didn't walk in the wisdom of God. It is so important to have this reinforced in our lives to teach us again and again that wisdom is the principal thing. That if I have wisdom it will teach me the fear of the Lord which is the beginning of wisdom and I will have what? Riches, honor and life and that life is the abundant life that God gives not physically existing. Even then, survival and physical life can often be a direct ready benefit of one who considers his or her way and avoids evil. Proverbs 22, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Imagine if kindergartners were taught this. There was a time in the history of the United States, way back in the 1600s, that they had books written for children by wise people. And they had books for every letter of the alphabet. They had something from the Word of God. What a treasure. From the very beginning, learning the alphabet. And within those letters, Christian doctrine. What would make a child wise and how to avoid evil? The nature of Satan, right there in the alphabet. It was called the New England Primer. The New England Primer. You can look it up online. These are the type of books and things that I am so glad to God for. And we see how far we've come in the name of education and brilliance and technology and give every kid a laptop. We want to make sure they have their own this and that. iPad. And how come the morality is not going up? It's going down. With more and more knowledge, what's happening? Estrangement from God. Wise in their own eyes. Self-conceit. Arrogance. We would do well to tell our children early, listen, more than money, more than any human achievement, a good name that is an honorable name, not simply a good reputation in the eyes of the world, but an honorable name in the eyes of God. That's the primary objective. Conduct yourself with honor. How do you do that? By taking heed to the Word of God. It's better to have a good name and be poor than to be rich and be considered vain and foolish by God and often by the world because of meanness, arrogance, 
self-centeredness, oppression. But how many parents would tell the children this? How many grandparents? From the very beginning, little one, you want to live a life pleasing to God. And you want to have a name that is unblemished, untarnished. That's what you're after. You go to kindergarten, you don't want to just go to make an impression and get favor from the teacher because you have a need to look good, but you have a desire to please the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, you will do things to honor the Lord and automatically you'd have a good name. Hallelujah. What do parents teach children? Go after the gold. You be a go-getter and get what you need in this world and you have to fight for your rights and stand up and fend and yes, there are times to do that, but well, there's a time to do that, but what is the objective? Is it self-preservation? Is it the need to look good? Is it to make sure we're ahead of somebody else and have a satanic satisfaction that I have made it and the other person is left in the dust to suffer? I'm smart. This is the world's idea of a winner and success. What a contrast to the believer and how we need to reinforce this in our own minds and to our children. I heard someone say recently, a person can have a perfect average, even in medical school, and be a terrible human being. We think, well, that's common sense. I mean, we, we see that. People who are supposed to have such a high IQ, people who have uh, so many resources at their disposal, terrible human beings. But what does the world teach? It's up to you and to me to sit our children down, not just give them a Bible, go read it and do this lessons and that devotion in Sunday school. We need to sit down and talk to our children. Let me tell you what your values are from God. Not you pick and choose, and when you get to that age or that situation, you make a decision, I respect you, you respect me. That's not what a parent or a guardian is there for. We are to tell, we are to tell the children, this is the way, and this is how you walk. This is the way that leads to life. That way leads to death, avoided at all costs. But these days, even in Education, for some time now, it's disgusting. It actually started at the turn of the 20th century. By the teacher acting as a facilitator and not as a direct instructor. And in the name of constructivism, letting the child pick and choose what they'd like to learn and how they like to learn it, till the child becomes a monster very young. To become demanding and arrogant. How far from the wisdom of God that wisdom is. That's demonic. 
A child can be given choices. We must remember the child is a child. We are the parent and the teacher. The choices must be limited. Otherwise, we will invite arrogance and competition and destroy the child's life in society. Exactly what we see today. So much arrogance. Everybody's opinion counts, but who cares about the truth? When it comes to opinion, one may select a red hat. I like red. Another one says, I like white. I like black. I like purple. I like brown. I like these kind of shoes. I like this kind of clothing. I like that kind of car. Those are fine. When it comes to morality, moral choices, loving riches, or loving a good name, truth must win out. So we must give the truth. But a parent that is wishy-washy on the matters of conscience and truth before God will give by default an even wishier and washier quote-unquote version of the so-called truth to the next generation until we come to a time like the time in the book of Judges, everybody does whatever they feel like. You don't judge me, I don't judge you. You think you can go and kill a chicken and eat it. I think I can kill a human being and eat him. Your opinion is just as valid as mine. Extreme scenario, but it happens. We tell the child... You know how you get a good name? By being with the good master, the good Lord. How? Walk with him. Listen to him. Talk with him. Understand the values that God gives. Honorable life. Loving favor rather than silver and gold. People on the gas lines... I've said this before, long line, skipping, carrying bats, threatening because of a shortage. Same thing with the COVID time, going into stores, having disputes. It's one thing to provide for one's family, but it's totally another thing to oppress another one or hurt one so that I can get something. Could it, could it be that Christians can do this? We must remember Jekyll and Hyde in literature. It's a type of the flesh and the spirit. We need to remember that we can, if we choose to, revert back to the flesh. Very clearly stated in the scriptures. We don't have to ever do that, but it's possible that we may do that if we're not careful. How? Little by little, scorning another person, putting them down, oppressing someone by degrees, wanting to look good, and all the old garbage comes back. How? Because the word has gone out from the heart. A person becomes unpredictable having a 
dualistic nature that is competing all the time. And this is where the Spirit of God says, you have to put to death the evil nature, the sinful nature that is supposed to be crucified. Make sure it stays crucified. You want to be good from the inside out and not just look good and have a sudden, shockingly monstrous nature come out. Thanks be to God, though we speak in some such terms, it's not an uphill battle for the one who loves the Lord, for the one who desires the fruit of the Spirit. It's only when there's an absence of desire absence of objective that I'm here for the Lord to honor him to have an honorable reputation to please him to go further I want to be that runner that looks to make strides to get the gold medal I want to go from that small meet small 50 yard dash to bigger races you see the person who has that kind of goal will always keep improving but the one who says I want to look back I want to look at Egypt and look at Sodom over there. Look at that person, that relationship. That person is going backward and it becomes an uphill battle to try to do what? Survive. But these things must be said because if we're not careful, we can get into such a predicament. But if I focus on what God said, the fruit of the Spirit, to say, Lord, I want to increase in love, increase in joy and peace, and increase in all the virtues, Lord. All the good qualities of the Lord. That's my goal every day. By the Spirit of God, by my humility, my honesty, my love, my holiness. Adhering to Jesus, I'm here today for God. Hallelujah. He may give me money today. He may not give me money. Blessed be the name of the Lord. My heart is full. Paul said, I know. I've learned how to be abased and abound in all things. He's triumphant and satisfied. Why? Because his heart is right. His heart is pure. This is akin to a good name. You can't have a good name in the sight of God who wrote the book without having a good heart. How do you get a good heart? A dirty heart gets washed by the blood of the Lamb and then there's maintenance by Staying with the Lamb of God, abiding in Him, and being sanctified by the truth. That's what's happening. Every day and every time you do a devotional, every time you hear the truth, there's an opportunity if we are keen hearers, humble hearers, and we shut everything down and, and tell ourselves, you're going to listen to this because it's the Word of God, it's the voice of God. And you're going to obey. It's going to be a growth. Verse 2, the rich and poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. There's a day of reckoning. And some have said death is the great equalizer. doesn't matter if a person was 8 feet tall, lived in the highest skyscraper, and extremely wealthy penthouse or whatever. And you have another one literally sleeping in a cardboard box on the street. Two people die, they will both come before the Lord, single file, to be judged, not for what they had externally, what they were on the inside of the heart. And 
more than what the world says death is the great equalizer because after all a person's breath goes and they become useless corpse but from the scriptures from the eternal perspective from the true spiritual reality there's a day of reckoning there's a day of rewards the lord says i have a reward for every man every woman every child every person the reward is to the one good things to the other there's a reward for evil imagine if children were taught this you have an outcry from a cross section of so called believers my child had nightmares when you taught them that there's a hell can we not say that until they're 12 or 13 they may have become a twofold son of hell by that time you don't teach them early there's a heaven there's a hell there's a god there's a devil there's a right way and a wrong way a narrow way and a broad way one leads to life the other leads to destruction child of mine you will be on the right path hallelujah we will filter everything that comes in here and decide what gets in by the word of god i'm not here to entertain you i'm your parent i'm here to educate you in the things and the ways of god god will give you all the satisfaction and enjoyment and good pleasure that you need imagine if children were taught this in schools even in christian schools as i said i worked there before you can have a a curriculum interspersed with faith based concepts you teach mathematics you bring in the mathematical references in the bible you teach biology you bring in the biology of the bible how god created human beings and the various references to the systems in the human body in the bible you teach literature and you bring in the bible and you teach about allegory you teach about poetry and prose and songs and history and all such things i've seen people do that and yet the children leave god how does that happen because the fear of the lord was not conveyed number 1 by example of the parent or the teacher number 2 by direct instruction it was more about pick and choose and let me give you a little entertainment in the name of christianity and the whole thing becomes a joke and a hoax truth be told on the inside of the child even though externally they may be very religious what we're hearing this morning is the essence of instruction from god that we can pass along as an obligation and a duty to our children convey the fear of the lord a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself but the simple pass on and are punished we need to take our children and say remember uncle so and so i'm not judging him but do you know the choices he made little one it was bad wasn't it what did god say about that you don't want to go that way do you understand me god has a great future for you look at this uncle look at his choice 
Look at where he is in life. Look at how he loves the Lord. Look at how his money, his uh, energy, his motivation, everything is centered around the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a beautiful life. I want you to copy that uncle. Who has the guts to stand up and speak the truth and to help the child to know very directly and in a detailed manner what it looks like when somebody chooses his own way, her own way, when they choose the Lord's way. The results are there. One is devastating, the other one is delightful. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Critical thinking skills is something we teach in education. It's the privilege of every human being. God has endowed a mind. We ought to think and make value judgments and pick what's good. But there are people who go with impressions and feelings. We have the truth of God as a standard. We have to know when evil is around to stand up, walk away, avoid it, not go along with it and come down with that great fall with the crowd. See the parallel to the world? The world says you have to stand up for what you believe. God says you stand up for what I tell you. The truth. The world says, I believe children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Because the greatest love of all is inside you. It's loving yourself. So sugar-coated and so palatable and nice to hear. The greatest love of all is not loving yourself. It's loving God. And then you can truly love yourself and love others. Who will preach the truth? Hear the truth. Be certain of the standards of the truth. Do not mince words and tell the truth as it is to the children. Only then will the fear of the Lord be conveyed. For those who have older children, those who have moved out, as we said earlier in other morning calls, teachings, we need to pray that what they missed, perhaps by our own fault, we repent and we cry out to the Lord, Lord, let them get it now before it's too late. More than anything, for my grown child, my adult child, who's living in a separate home and a separate family now, oh God, may they have the genuine fear of the Lord so they can make it to heaven. For the child in the home, oh Lord, help me to convey the fear of the Lord by example and education to my child. So they know how to see evil coming from a long distance and safely avoid it. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. True success by humility and the fear of the Lord. Everything we can possibly need. What's so hard about that? It's so simple. God didn't make it complicated. He says, you have humility and the fear of the Lord. 
the fear of the Lord can be seen as an umbrella under it. it simply means you keep his commandments everything that pertains to his commandments you cannot fear the Lord and not obey him there are people who say I fear the Lord they have a religious sentimentality my grandmother feared the Lord oh she we've been walking with the Lord she's been walking with the Lord for 30 years we've made a clear distinction on how the Bible defines walking with the Lord and how many people in Christendom define walking with the Lord because they heard about the Lord when they were little and they liked reading the Bible now and then and they try to live up to the Ten Commandments they think they fear the Lord no, fear, fearing the Lord is keeping the commandments of God but the Lord says by humility simply doing what God says God doesn't just say okay I'm going to put you in this batch uh, I'm going to put a past sticker on you past and uh, I'm going to lump you over here when you get to heaven you're going to go to the assembly line you're going to work and work and work. You're my slave. And you're going to work and work and work. And you're not getting any pay because you're in heaven. Be thankful you got in here. Go sit in the corner after you finish. At least you're not in hell. Imagine if that was heaven. Praise be to God. He's a good God. Even in this life. He said, by humility and the fear of the Lord. Our riches and honor and life. As a principle... God says, my blessing will be upon your life. What more can we ask for? And when you get to heaven, I have more for you. Enduring riches, eternal riches are lavish upon you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what do people do? Look at foolish films, fictitious cartoons, and give children a false high, false hope. And they have nothing to stand on. Everything is fake. Saccharine sentimentality, as they call it. Instead of the real deal. We can give the children the keys to fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Thorns and snares are in the way of the forward or perverse. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Again, the unnecessary evils and troubles that come. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we exercise wisdom and caution and really evaluate our life and see the reason I suffered here was not because God dealt me a bad hand. I did it to myself. Yeah, I might have blamed many people, but essentially I, I was the cause or a contributing factor. When I can honestly see that and say, I don't want to do that, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for, Lord, uh, trashing myself and hurting other people. Never again, Lord. And there's a discernment and there's a change of attitude. I'm not going that way anymore. I'm going to live the righteous path of mercy, truth, genuine faith, good works, caring for other people, sacrificing for others so that God's name may be honored and they may be benefited. I'm going to live not looking out for me but looking out for God's honor and I can save myself the trouble I had before by the mercies of God and save my children all kinds of trouble because I will teach them the word of God as it is we'll end with verse 6 today 
train up the child in the way he should go. The Lord is centered around the training again this morning as well. And how we can only train another person successfully if we have mastered the education we're trying to give them. By example and by education. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Again, many people have said, this is a general principle. I can tell you case scenarios where children were taught in the ways of the Lord. They departed and they're gone. Everybody has a free will. And it's possible to receive the grace of God in vain at any point in anyone's life. There's absolutely zero fear of that happening to anyone who loves the Lord. But aside from that, if I have faith in the Word of God and my heart is right with God, the child that I teach, backed up by my example, as well as my constant intercession, that child will not depart. So it depends upon how we approach the Word of God, whether we have faith or not whether we're willing to do our part or do it partially and then blame God for results that he never desired. This morning, God is calling us once more to the utmost integrity, honesty before him and humbling ourselves, living a righteous or holy life and having love in us Do what God says. He said, if you love me, do what I say. The one that doesn't love me does not do what I say, Jesus said. We love God and we will do what he says. And part of that is to tell our children how to do what he said. And in the area of finances, the child's future marriage, the child's career, the child's friends, oh, God's got it all covered. You know what the concern would be for that parent, such a godly parent with godly children? Not worrying, as I said yesterday, about whether he's going to pick up this joint or do that and do this, but rather, who can I reach for Jesus Christ today with my blood child, my family? We're in this together to live and serve the Lord. Is it possible at the late stage of a person who thinks that the children have been lost to the world, they've made their decisions, we haven't taught them right, is it possible to recover them? The Lord says this, be it unto you according to your faith. And faith will work. How? By intercession. By a violence in the spiritual realm, I'm taking my children back from the devil. Not simply by emotion and boisterous behavior, jumping up and down and stamping the feet, but a iron will fortified by the Word of God, by the promises of God, by a humble, meek spirit that obeys God in all the details. That person will have power in the prayer because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much.
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Once more for showing us clearly, Lord, the way to life and how to help our own that you've given us within our circle, within our homes, to teach them the fear of the Lord. That they may see many days, good days, have a peaceful life, a fruitful life, Oh, Father, I thank you. You've given us such a treasure, Lord, and privilege. Help us not to think negatively of what's been lost, but what God has for us to gain and restore. Restore the fortunes of your people, as you did for the captivity of Judah. Lord, that they may rejoice with bringing their sheaves because they've wept in your presence, sowing the seed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May we be fruitful. May our children prosper forever before you. In Jesus' name I thank you. Amen.